Welcome to episode 73 of the HSL Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology related matters and much more besides. And I'm your host, Michael Lonnan. I'm going to assume you're familiar with this story, Alice in Wonderland, but did you know it was inspired by Sunderland, where its creator Lewis Carroll spent much of his childhood? Sunderland has many surprises, including an ambition to become the UK's smartest city, an ambition driven by Sunderland Council's chief executive, Patrick Mellier. And in this episode, I had a chat with Patrick to discover what that means and how it will benefit the people that live in Sunderland. So grab a brew, sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Coffee. How do you have it? Black. And how many do you have? Probably about three or four a day. Not too bad. That's okay. I spoke with someone the other day who said they have 10 a day, 10 black coffees a day. I did think that was a bit... That's a lot. Give me the shakes. Sand or snow? Depends. So I, I like them both. I, I try a little bit of windsurf and I try a little bit of skiing. So try both. Very good. What do you prefer, by the way? We've got a couple of windsurfers here. It's a long it's time it. since I've been skiing. I'm going this year, hopefully in January, but it's it's over 10 years since I've done skiing. So I'm kind of not too sure at the moment. <laughs> we'll wait to see the first tumble and see what happens. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Gin or vodka? Oh, vodka. People before processes or processes before people? People. And particularly in the organisation you're in, Sunderland Council, people, yeah. I would suggest, is likely the, the aforementioned thing you yeah. think about whenever you try and create any kind of new service or try and do anything. Oh, yeah. So Sunderland Council themselves, and uh, you, or you've got a bit of an ambition, haven't you, Patrick, to create, uh, or, or create this 2030 goal of creating kind of a digital council. And I'd like to know a little bit about what that kind of looks like, what you're envisaging. Right. Happening. So, yeah, so we're seeking to be the UK's smartest city. Ooh. So it's not just so our ambition isn't just about the council, it's about the city. OK. What we want to do is make sure that digital or tech adds value to people's lives. And in doing so, make sure that no one and nowhere is left behind. Because the, the simplest thing you can do in a tech digital world just create a big digital divide for those who can afford and who have easy access as opposed right. to those who can't afford and don't have access. So what we're trying to do is, is create a digital infrastructure in the city. That means everyone's connected and can be connected if they wish, and then deliver a range of applications that add value to your life, which could be education, could be health, could be your house and how your house works. It could be around transport, about how you have fun, if you're a business, it's about how you create efficiencies and value for money in your business. So we're clearly engaging, say, with Nissan and the automotive sector at the moment. The more competitive Nissan is in Sunderland, the more chance we have of retaining 50-odd thousand jobs in the northeast in the automotive sector. So it, it's it's about doing it in a joined-up way. So our, our digital ambition for the city is... It's kind of a series of layers. We kind of call it the layer cake. The bottom layer is basically just infrastructure, puts fibre in the ground. Yeah. And on that, build a network of networks using Wi-Fi, ultra-fast broadband, what they call something called LoRaWAN, 5G smart cells, milliwaves technology. So you're building a network of networks. And it might be that if you're just traversing the city on foot, all you really want is ultra-fast broadband. If you're doing some research in the university, you might want a private 5G network. Right. So it's about building the network of networks. That means that wherever in the city you have access to what it is you need to do what it is you're trying to do. And the reason we're, we're, we're taking connectivity in that infrastructure very seriously is 
when we first kind of started with this ambition, people like OpenReach, Virgin, we weren't on their radar. Right, okay. So it meant the people of Sunderland would take a long time to get good digital connectivity, say go from 4G to 5G, get full gigabit connectivity. And then within the city, those companies would only go to the most wealthy parts of the city. So you go to your wealthy homes, you go to where the business sector is, those in the most deprived areas are still on 2G, 3G, and will be a long way off 5G or ultra fast broadband. So the approach we've taken is that by the end of, or by mid-25, all of our properties in the city will have full gigabit connectivity. So we've changed the marketplace. We're building the, the network and networks. Then you run a series of applications. And the ways most cities do this is Liverpool, I don't say quite a bit on health and social care. Someone else will do something on transport. Someone else might be playing in the education world. What we're trying to do is have use cases in all of those fields. So we've got use cases running in education, whether that's in the college or building 5G networks for the university. We've got infrastructure going into the football club. So how do you run, how does it run on match day and give a better match day experience? We've got two and a half thousand homes in the city that have got assistive technology to enable people to be cared for at home unless carers going in, et cetera. We're doing work on housing and what does a house of 2030 look and feel like? How do you really bring the internet things to life? So we're running a series of use cases, but on each of them, we're grabbing the data yeah. in a consistent way. And it's use of all that data then from health, education, how do you move around the city that will allow us to then put new interventions in the city to make it a smarter city. So previously you had this whole of a city, whereas only a portion of it was really being serviced by your kind of advanced digital networks. But now you're creating an infrastructure which covers the entire city and makes everything much more inclusive. And then you're building almost these applications that people can use depending on, as you say, the use case there. So it's solving specific problems. So my problem might be different to somebody else's problem, yes. but we've got an application that kind of fits and, and works towards yeah. each of those different things. The key thing is you grab the data. So you understand how people in health and education work. Actually, how do they move around? How does someone move from a, where they live to a hospital appointment? The more journeys we understand, the smarter we can develop our networks, our transport networks, and make it easier for people to move around or how people move from home to college or university. So it's about understanding the data and how people behave then helps you to tweak your applications and make it better and smarter. What's the challenge in, in achieving that? That's not a simple undertaking. Oh, it's, it's huge because we don't know what the answer is. <laughs> we don't really know what it looks like. Okay. We've taken this leap of faith that if we build the right infrastructure, yeah. and as we develop the applications, we make sure we can grab the data, we build the data lake yeah. where all the data goes into, then we need some smart people that come along and ask the right questions of the data. <laughs> and help us develop better applications. It's all difficult in its own way, keeping it joined up. Because you, if you're an application developer, you want to control your data. You don't want to share it with someone else's data over there Yeah. because that's where the power and the money lies. It's difficult because no one's ever done it before. No one's ever taken the approach we've taken. And it's very difficult to describe the outcome. Again, this might be an impossible question to answer, but how, what does success look like? Or how do you know when you've reached so that kind my, of end? My success looks like, so as a city, so it comes to that, that question earlier, people versus process. As a city, we fall, as a, as a female, you fall into ill health with some kind of illness or disability, 60, 61-ish. If you're male, they're probably a bit younger, 59, 58. 
So you're living with ill health or a disability longer than the rest of the country, but you also die sooner. So success for me looks like a healthier city. We fall, we, we live healthier for longer and we live for longer because we've had a better education experience, better health experience. We've got great housing that helps us to live and satisfies our needs. Great transport so we can get from education to work to have fun. Great cultural experiences and really dynamic, very efficient, competitive businesses. And if all of our people get great education and get a good job and a great business, they'll have more money to spend, they'll make different life choices and they'll live healthier lives for longer. The golden thing is, can the whole city live, health, live a healthier life for longer? And by, by being the UK's smartest city, I think we can go on that journey to achieve that. Very good. I like it. And data plays a role in almost every conversation I've had in terms of projects and anything like that. And what I like about what you said there, actually, because most projects are started with a specific end, end goal or end, this is when the end point is, but actually you're taking a more realistic viewpoint. You get the information together, create an infrastructure that's agile and changes or can change depending on circumstances yeah. of what happens. What is the data telling us that you know is encouraging us to do something slightly different, which I think is a really unique and, and really yeah. good approach. Somebody once said to me, the only limitation when it comes to data, the only limitation is our imagination. And yeah. I think you're you're highlighting actually that, that this is the way forward. Yeah. And we will need people who don't think like me to ask the right question of the data and to then interpret that. So one of the things we've done, we've done a partnership kind of a, to break the marketplace about fibre. We've done some kind of a partnership with City Fibre. Okay. We are spending 60 odd million pounds on fibre in the city. But we've also then done a 20-year joint venture with a company called BEI Communications. BEI Communications, 100 years ago, put telecoms broadcasting infrastructure into Australia, still maintain it today. They also run all the telecoms broadcasting infrastructure on Hong Kong subway, which is 2 billion passenger journeys a year. New York subway, they're now doing London, and they're providing all of our digital infrastructure in Sunderland. So we've been able to break the marketplace, but also bring some global people to the to the city that helps us with our ambition. And they're then attracting good, smart people to come and work in the city to help on the journey. Very good. Sounds very sensible. From me, my perspective, you've been in the role for four years, just over yeah, four years yeah. now, haven't you? What's, what have you seen as being the biggest change in your time? You can look at it two ways. What's been the biggest change in terms of the way citizens engage with um, with the city council, for example? Yeah, I mean, we've we've noticed we've we've tracked quite a bit of this. That certainly, I mean, COVID really helped with this. But we've got much more activity now, much more communication online. Good. good. People are less likely to turn up to the building or the ringles, more likely to do it online. So, and it's been really quite interesting. We 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 put some new tools on our website, which is about just how people report say fly tipping or something else. Yeah. We were just trialing it. We didn't broadcast it, but people just started using it. They just <laughs> they found it and used it. And we were getting lots of reports coming in about things like, hey, this is great. That's so, what you want. It's what we want. And so so people are much more intuitive about doing things online. And if you're like my mother, what my mother's really good at is getting me to do it online for her. <laughs> so there's a lot of that goes on, I think that People say there's there's actually the vibe about people who can't do it, but generally I've observed quite they get someone else to do it for them. So there's a lot more that way. It's really I mean COVID's just such a it's been such a big player in in how a city feels. 
but also how we work as a council. So like a lot of businesses, we're much more agile, yeah. much more flexible. Culturally, we're changing in terms of how we operate and how we behave. It's funny being a, a local authority because we've kind of coming out of COVID, we've been doing an awful lot to support businesses and economic regeneration as a city. And then we're heading to the cost of living crisis this winter. So it feels as if we've kind of gone from one big crisis and heading into another one. So I think we're, it's difficult to judge how really we've changed on a lot of things. We, we, we behave differently and we do things differently and much more online and are much more flexible and adaptable. How are people in the city really feeling? Yeah, I, I'm not as close to it as you are, but it feels to me that, as you mentioned there, the uh, people have become more intuitive about using digital technology. Yeah. And I think as a result of that, it's actually or like quite likely to enhance the success of your future um, yes. digital city ambitions. I think that's what we're going to see, I, I would yes, suggest. definitely, yeah, yeah definitely. I sometimes take for granted the consistent and rapid broadband I have and also the reliable 4G mobile network I'm connected to. Others are not so lucky. Now imagine you have these things and imagine how debilitating it would be to have access only to a 2G or 3G mobile network or to remove your fibre connected broadband. It would be difficult to get anything done. Yet this is the reality for many council residents. Patrick and the team at Sunderland Council understand that to create a smart city, it has to connect its people in order to be able to deliver the services that everyone can access and that the council can use to deliver more value added support. It's well worth keeping your eye on how Sunderland progressed with this worthwhile ambition to become the UK's smartest city. Thanks for listening. Until next time, take care of yourselves.